This edition of Tailboard Talk was recorded on April 2nd, 2023, but did not air as scheduled on April 7th, 2023. It has instead been rescheduled for May 23rd, 2023. Please enjoy. Hey folks, are you facing a shrinking applicant pool? Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about some strategies that we've employed locally to try to address the issue and some new ideas we are thinking about moving towards. All of that and more on the next episode of Tailboard Talk right after this. Hey, what's up? We're Ruby Summer for Rad. Music is one of the most important things in our life. But nothing is more important than life itself. Good morning, world. It's nice to wake up to another... So when you know your friend should not get behind the wheel, drive them home or call them a cab and give them a Rad My Safe Ride home card. Music lives and so should you. Brought to you by Rad My Safe Ride Home and Shawnee Records. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. Do you? Welcome to Tailboard Talk with Dane Carley, Craig Nelson, and Jeff Wallen. Every month we explore different topics of interest to you, our cohorts in fire and emergency services. So whether you sit back and listen, sound off on the message board, or call in live to be part of the conversation, we welcome you to join us in our mission to improve the fire service for those we serve and those we serve beside. Now coming to you live from the great white north, this is Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to Tailboard Talk for Friday, April 7th. This is Jeff. This is Craig. And Chris. We're recording this a couple days before it's actually airing. We're the Sunday before the show's supposed to be on. It's definitely still the Great White North yep. today, although temps got up to about 40 and it's slop everywhere. But we got this huge-ass weather system that's supposed to affect the whole country over the course of the next several days. It'll be gone by the time this is on the air. It's a big deal but, if we hit 40 or not, because if we didn't today then there's a good chance we'll have the record for the longest stretch here without hitting 40 degrees ever. And I right. believe it's 157 Four, days, seven, 54, like 157 days, yeah. So is that global so warming? So for everybody else, that's uh, that's half the year we've been below 40 degrees. Right. I uh, like to tease Jeff. Quite. I always tease Jeff about talking about the weather because it's typical <laughs> typical Midwest to talk about the weather. But this one's yeah. okay. Go ahead and talk about it, Jeff. And Oh, yeah? But yeah, 40 degrees. Hasn't been 40 for 100 50 plus days. Yeah. That might be why we're having a hard time hiring people. Maybe. Huh. We, we can't convince people <laughs> to come up yeah. here. <laughs> I, uh, it's only half the year it's below 40, though. <laughs> the other half it's above. It's yeah. freaking six months, Jeff. It's been six months it hasn't been 40 degrees. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I'm starting to get a little grumpy. Um, obviously, it's a strain on the, the work and uh, everybody else around, but. Yeah. On the cruise, yeah, everybody yeah. dealing with it, and everything you see every day now is it's more extreme behaviors, more crazy stuff, and it, it just doesn't stop. So, the longer the weather goes and it's cold, the longer you got to deal with that out on the streets, too. Yeah, I don't think people realize what, what the Midwest or, or at least this area is like because last night I was driving back from a call and happened to go down our main, main Broadway, is what we call it. It's a long, long road with shops and everything. and bars and restaurants and there was people everywhere and uh, people were wearing barely anything and I looked down on the dash and it was 37 degrees <laughs> and people just wanted to get out and, and, and stretch their legs a little bit 
So, uh, but we got another storm coming. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah. Another uh, foot of snow. It's uh, only April. Yeah. Yeah. I ran into Menards today, equivalent of, of our Home Depot in the area. And yep, guy just walking into the store from the parking lot in shorts. Uh, still have a sweatshirt on because he's not crazy. Yeah. But not ridiculous. Yeah. Shorts and ankle socks for crying out loud. <laughs> and it's there. It's 37, 38 degrees at that point in time. I'm like, yeah, And I, it does truly you. feel warm. It does. Yeah, that's what's scary. You know, that, that's what is sad. Yeah, that that feels warm to us, and I, and I apologize for us to keep them talking about the, the weather, but this is our chance to vent, and <laughs> maybe, but, and you get but, to listen. But to we're, it, yeah. we're honestly, <laughs> it's going to set potentially some other records too. So we had the forty degree that record. I we'll see what the official temperature was for today. Yeah, we'll yeah. see tomorrow whether that that hit or not. If we didn't hit forty today then we will hit the record because there's nothing in the forecast in the next 10 days for anywhere close to 40. But the other one that we hit is we have more snow on the ground. Uh, we had, and this was as of last week, we had 20 inches of snow on the ground before we had a one to two inch snow during the week. Yeah. And that's the most snow we've ever had on the ground here ever. At this, this time of year. year. Yeah. As of a, yeah, as of a week ago. Mm-hmm. And now and we're looking at- supposed to be another, another coming this week. Yeah, 12 to maybe even more. <laughs> Yeah, inches of snow. Well, you know, our numbers are we always we always talk about snow, but you hear the East Coast or, or some of those other lake effect snows where they get a couple feet at a time. You know, we don't usually get those. No, uh, we just get you know the the, the, the measly five inches and seven hundred miles an hour wind. <laughs> White <laughs> out. White <laughs> You know, yeah. so uh, a little different. You know, we deal a little different. But, but we don't get the melting. A lot of places yeah. you look at Denver and and uh, out east even gets yeah. a, a little bit of moderation from the. The ocean, they get these heavy snows, but they melt too. Yeah. We haven't really mm-hmm. had any melting this winter, almost at all. No. And so that's where we're hitting these records for <laughs> longest stretch without going above 40, right. most snow on the ground as of this point. That was late March, and it's only broken more records since. Yeah. This is my, this is what I mean. I love this time of year. Obviously, it's April, so it's going to turn, and it's going to turn quickly on us. Of course, April showers, right? So mm. we have snow on the ground, we have showers. So then we start talking about the, what we refer to up here as the F word, floods. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's another strain on our departments, both departments here. Um, that's where one of, one of the impacts of snowpack towards the end of the season gets to become a problem because it's not just a combination of how much snow you got, but how late does it melt off? And then when it melts, how quickly does it melt? So yeah. the later yeah. you get, the better the chance that when the temps go up because the wind patterns change now and it brings the heat up that you can't stop it and everything's going to melt off and have nowhere to it go melts the too ground fast. is frozen yeah. so yeah that's that's exactly why it's such a big deal for us because at this point in every other year previous to this one since they've been recording the weather here we have had less snow on the ground and so to carry it this late just means when it melts it's going to melt fast for us up here and that does mean a flood and for us and in Fargo and Moorhead, it means that we actually open up Sandbag Central and we start, start building and now. making sandbags to prepare for a flood. So, and, and that's in the plans right now for the county to start doing that where we are. We'll make, yeah, make it, a bunch of sandbags uh, and get them ready to... Takes the uh, fire department out of the world of fires and into a oh, different yeah. world. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope the F word doesn't happen. And uh, I think... Uh, we have a beautiful spring and 
We'll see. Hopefully we'll be good. And when you're building those sandbags and it's still below freezing like this, yeah. you can't store them outside either because they set up. Yeah, they, they freeze. Like, like concrete <laughs> where they're at and you can't place them and have them mold into that good sandbag dike that you need. So you have to have indoor storage for things. We do weird things like having uh, uh, roll-offs for sanitation that are being used to fill fill with sandbags. Yeah. So they can be put in places where you've got heated storage, temporary renting of of places where people will suspend some of the work that they're doing to give us places yeah. to have all these sandbags lined up in heated spaces so that they will form when you go out and drop them. So anyway, that's Maybe. our uh, audition for the Today Show meteorologists. So yeah. if anybody's listening. There we go. Yeah, for all, all of our old fire <laughs> that are listening. <laughs> the older I get, the more I talk about the weather. Yeah, yeah, talk about the weather. It was a garage door opener Sunday for me today. <laughs> uh, had both the doors popped open for a while after I was trying to scrape the ice off the driveway and realized it's just as warm outside as I normally keep the garage in the winter. Yeah. With the heater on, so I get some fresh air. In turned on the TV, plopped down in the chair, and uh, just kept the doors open and watched some TV for a while in the garage, since it was so warm. So uh, that's crazy. that's a that's a short example of us venting right now. Yep. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. Mental health. <laughs> there, yes. There, there's more than one way to take care of the mental health of fire. So what? Uh, this is one. What, what's on your mind today, Jeff? Yeah. Well, we're currently in a hiring process for. Firefighters for our department. Actually, we're hiring at a couple different levels right now. Uh, but we've uh, this is the second time that we've been through a process of hiring firefighters where we have departed from the norm that has been our standard for decades, basically, of following the traditional, the fire service tradition of holding a written test first of all, followed by um, oral interviews and physical agility tests are worked in there one way or the other. Um, before we start forming that list uh, to hire people off of. And we had, we had a problem, gosh, this was, this was pre-COVID, so um, we had a problem probably about four years ago, five years ago, where the hiring, the hiring process we went through at the time, we were used to getting 50 people or so applying to our department, and um, about 45 or so over the past five to 10 years coming in to take our test. And prior to that, it was, it was about 100. Um, but the numbers dropped from about those to we had 18 people that were cleared to take the test from the applicants that, that, that we had. And of those, um, only six showed up to take the test. We invited 18 to come in and take the written test. Um, one had said they weren't gonna be testing with us, but on the day of the test, <laughs> We, six people showed up. We had more no-shows than we had shows sure. to take the test. It freaked us out. Only six people take this test. We only had one opening, and five of those people after the oral interviews were, we were interested, interested in hiring. They were good candidates. So also when we're telling the story to other people at City Hall that are trying to hire for other positions, like you, you had one opening, you found five people you wanted to hire. You didn't have enough spots to hire the people you had. <laughs> oh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish we had five good people for each job that we're trying to open. A lot of times we're lucky to have one. But that's, that started a trend for us where we sat back and started to try to think about this with open eyes. So what can we do differently? And nobody wants to reduce your standards for... Right. For new candidates that you're hiring, and our department is is fairly small, two stations, and 37 people all together between staff out in the uh, in the stations and administrative folks. So we try to find people that are pre-trained already, folks that have got their IFSAC or Pro Board Firefighter two, and those that have their National Registry at an EMT basic level or higher, 
So you can tell I'm old school when I say EMT basic. Uh, and, and so far we've been successful finding people who have had prior experience either as a volunteer or a part-time or a paid-on-call firefighter, or maybe they've had a year or two in at another department and they're trying to get back to our area, back to where maybe they've got friends and family, and attract those folks back to our department. But when we saw those numbers dwindle down, the first thing we, we realized is we, we had a written test, but it did us absolutely no good because when you only have six people in the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who cares? Now, in, in our circumstance, if they had to pass a test to get Firefighter 1 and pass a test to get Firefighter 2, and at the time, pass a test to get ENT, they have to be able to learn. They've got to be able to read enough to be able to learn new skills because you wouldn't pass your EMT test, no. and you wouldn't get your Firefighter 1 and 2 probably. So we said the written test isn't really doing much for us. It's not weeding anybody out to a smaller number, so why are, why are we doing it? Uh, and it, it was a tough pill for us to swallow to say, maybe we're going to try to, we're not going to offer that because if our numbers are this low, I think it's just a waste of time. Let's, if we could interview everybody that, that applies and shows up, let's just interview them and see where we go. So the, the next time we did a hiring process, um, we found about 12 people that met the criteria, and we had, um, we, had done, we had reduced our standard to say that EMT is preferred. Uh, if not, we will provide EMT training during your first year of employment. Sure. And our department had been there years ago before I started in, in 1990. Uh, 1900? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 they just got rid of the horses there. So it's 1994, Sorry, April 18th, when I started. 1994. <laughs> yeah. Um, just prior to that, EMT was optional. They were, it was yeah. encouraged, but if yeah. you didn't have it, they would train. Because we had an individual who had started and wasn't able to get through their EMT while I was in my probation. And well, didn't work out. But anyway, so we're kind of back to, back, back to where we were then. And I maybe see a lot of trends in fire, hiring in the fire service maybe being that way, that, that that pendulum is sweeping back from where it had been for decades of more jobs than more people than we had jobs to right. fill. And so right. we can look for the cream of the crop. And the cream of the crop is already getting jobs. Now we need to figure out how do we get more people into these jobs who are hopefully still interested. So our numbers went up to about 12 people that met the qualifications that we were interested in hiring and we went through interviews and we had a good six or seven that we were kind of interested in um no it was a little bit more than that. i think we were interested we were fairly interested in six or seven and we didn't find anybody that was a total reject but um six months into our hiring process or six months into that list there's nobody left to hire off of right. that list so we 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 had 12 people on there. We said, we'll go all the way down to 12. And list expired in less than six months because everybody who wanted a job already had one somewhere besides here. Right. And so now this last round of testing, we've done the same thing. And um, now we had about 18 people that met the qualifications. Okay. And we extended our interviews over two days to say, well, let's see who everybody is. So interviewed a bigger pool. And so far, we've found good candidates without having a written test. But when the first two people got hired, not having to go through that process, and our folks saw that, oh, they're, they're actually kind of good people. I'm glad that they're here. It got over the, the feelings that you had about, well, that's a bunch of crap. I didn't. I had to take a written test. How come they don't have to take a written test to get sure, here? Sure, I, I can say I felt the same way to a certain degree, you know. <laughs> I, I get it. 
but the job market changes, and so now our numbers have gotten a little bit better. And I'm almost wondering to a certain degree, because six or eight of them have EMT, if we're starting to get candidates that other departments aren't getting that are still having a written test as well, too, now that we're getting people to maybe apply from further away if it's easier. And we're also doing interviews over Zoom as well for those who don't live in the area. And we wouldn't have, that wouldn't have, we wouldn't have thought about that prior prior to COVID. Yeah. Uh, And now, yeah, the, the interviews work just as well. You know, sure. O- over Zoom or WebEx or one of those platforms, is, society has accepted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zoom. You know, and technology has obviously caught up to it. But mm-hmm. you know, we 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 actually, I don't want to get too much into it, but we interviewed a couple of our candidates over over uh, Zoom or whatever style <laughs> that we you know went through. But um, it worked out okay. A few mm-hmm. minor glitches here and there once in a while, but um, I think it works. Works all right, especially for distance traveling. You know, when we're all we're kind of all can all of a sudden because of the numbers that have changed, that are applying, we're kind of all competing and have have someone from a farther away distance not have to travel here just to interview yeah, quickly the, over it. Yeah, I think it's an advantage for everybody. But I think the elephant in the room is <clears throat> that we we've been using for decades a system that was mel- meant to take two, three hundred or more applicants and turn it into a list of 10 or 20 people that's what it was designed to do it was designed to eliminate people because there were so many applicants we're in the opposite boat now so we actually need to try and bring people in we need to work a lot harder on that so we're putting a lot more effort into recruitment but that also goes through the hiring process and adapting that to keep up with the modern workforce and what people are used to today so if we're not offering those options a lot of people are going to just look past us then and so I, I think that's it's really important that all departments are having these discussions as to do you do a written test don't you why why not do you how do you interview do you make those options virtual that kind of stuff is only going to help us because it, it it's not getting easier yet it might it, you know the pendulum sometimes swings back so so we'll see maybe it'll swing back in the next year or two or three I, I don't know but for right now, there aren't people just lining up, knocking down our doors to be firefighters. So we need to adapt what we're doing. And, and I, it's always interesting to me to have these conversations with others in the fire service because that's, that's where you get a lot of good ideas from. And, and I know we used to do, <clears throat> again, the old system was we would test every two years. Yeah. And I just think about that every once in a while and go, my gosh, people would actually wait two years to get hired. Right. That, it's crazy. And then we switched it to a year, and now even a year sounds like a long time, and we're actually retesting in less than a year because we're going through, we're doing more hiring, and need more people yeah. than, than what we can keep up with. I think, I think you're right. I mean, times, times have changed. I remember I, I took the, well, it's probably been 30 years ago now, took the written test in, in the city that I'm working at and there was it was 300 people in the civic auditorium uh, the doors locked at eight o'clock I know people were on the wrong side of that door that day they weren't there on time uh, you take a written test and the top 50 were interviewed by the civil service and then you're re-ranked and all those things happened so they yeah we were they were trying to narrow down 300 to you know I think I, even off the list that I came off of was probably 
four, five. I was going to say. three hundred, you know. That's the other piece of it is the number that came off those lists mm -hmm. back then was much smaller. I, I ended up going on two different lists that I know one of them, there were over 300 applicants, and I actually made the top ten. I was like, yes, yeah. holy crap. And then they actually come in and tell you, well, okay, we've got a list of 10, and for the next two years, we will hire one probably and, and, and maybe two if, if somebody retires. And you, you go, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> and, so, and now we're in the opposite boat where people can actually choose where they want to work because yeah. everybody's hiring. Every fire department's hiring. We've hit that that point 20 to 30 years down the road from 20, 30 years ago when a lot of firefighters were getting hired and now they're starting to retire. And then with growth of, in the fire industry of, of jobs, it's, it's getting tough to keep up with and, and we have to change what we're doing. And so that's, I, I know in Fargo, we went from paper tests to, then we went to computerized tests at different times to give flexibility to applicants. And now this next time, we're looking at going virtual right. so that it completely frees them up to be able to take the test from anywhere. And then if you take the virtual interview or you take the virtual written test and then you do a virtual interview, if you live further away, you don't have to travel then to go through the process. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, I hate to use the wave of the future, but that's, I think that's the direction we're going. You know, and I think COVID taught us a lot that you can do legit tests over distance yep. you know you can do that um it, the uh, technology increased over covid you know they made it a little more secure did a bunch of things so i think you know i feel comfortable with that pro process of it uh, some zoom interviews is, is or whatever technology you use is fine mm -hmm. uh, obviously sooner or later you got to meet face to face when you know when you're coming down i think before you offer a final job but that's only one time instead of three times traveling right. or four times traveling to to your community. So I think it's the right thing to do. I think it uh, gives more opportunities. We, we're swinging both ways. I think I think before some of these young guys that are on the department, I think you'll see the 300 people again someday. But I think it's just going back and forth. And right now mm -hmm. there's so many jobs out there for people. Uh, even current firefighters will leave mid-career because there's more opportunities out there. So yeah. we are hiring more. Now in our metro area, we're opening up another station. West, uh, the department next to us to the west is opening another uh, a station or two. Department to the east of us is planning on a station or two. Um, you know, so that's a lot of firefighters in this area. And we're all, com so we're competing for them. Yeah. And then the other, the flip side of this is, because that's a big part of my job, is now to keep up with these processes, is getting more difficult because again the old process that was we'll take 300 applicants and turn it into a list of 10 people and we do it every two years well then that became every year and now it's becoming eight months and then it's six months yeah. and and so we're having to run the process more often we're hiring more people from the list more often and so we have to look at streamlining our process too because we're finding our, our process the old process was not very efficient because they only had to do it every two years. Right. Well, now where you have to do it a lot more often and it's you're actually pulling a lot more people off the list, right. it, we need to actually address that part of it. And that's the other reason that we're having the discussions is one is to 
recruit more applicants, retain more of our people, but the other piece of it is to make it something that we can keep up with because we don't, we're not top heavy with staff right. to just run these processes. So to do that, it takes a lot of time, a lot of planning right. and that kind of stuff. So, it, so I, I think you brought up time and planning and I want, I want the huge listening audience that we have to understand that we're not lowering standards. No. We're not trying to cut corners. Um, you know, it actually is more work the way we're doing it, uh, or way we're looking at changing yep. and stuff. So um, it's not like we're lowering all these standards and they're not these firefighters that you used to think of. It's the same group of people, same like-minded people, same skill set people, but we're not lowering standards. So. It's a lot of work. Uh, I see both departments that sitting at this table working their butts off trying to get the right candidates mm -hmm. because we do, you know, they are working for the citizens of the community that they are representing. So we have to do those things. Uh, we owe the citizens that. But we do have to be responsive to the people who are looking yeah. to get in the business because we found that we have to be able to move. Our process has to happen faster or we will yes. lose top candidates to other organizations yep. in the meantime. Yep. And we also have to be strategic about when we do them, not just say, well, we do it. We, we used to say, we do our test in the fall. We always do our test in the fall. And I forget whether we were even or odd years because Fargo was the opposite of us. And so one year we tested, the other year you guys tested. And it didn't matter whether we had openings or not. That's when the test happened, October yeah. of odd years. <laughs> and now it's us forecasting ahead of time and trying to figure out if we've got the openings happening, when are those openings going to occur? And as long as we're not making a job offer, um, city officials, we need to start the process before that. So once that person does put their time in and they're going to be gone in less than 30 days, we've already got the process pretty much done so we can make an offer as soon as possible. Instead of saying, now they're gone, let's put all this stuff together. That spot's going to be open for three months. We're going to try and test. And we have to look at the time of the year too. So the earlier we can get people, like before a summer rush or something, now getting people in the spring before other jobs open and they get places is has been important for us now to be able to grab people before hiring waves occur. So it, it might sound odd, but we actually have to make sure that that process can happen quickly enough to when we've right. gotten done testing, we've got the job waiting for them um, and we're ready to go with that job because if they're sitting waiting on a list for three months before we can make that offer, good chance they're not going to be there anymore. That's, that's part of what you were kind of touching on too, Chris, is <clears throat> we're not trying to lower standards, but we do have to change the timing of things. Yeah. And so that's, that's where we've been looking at every piece of our process. <clears throat> One of them we've been looking at most recently is the physical agility test we normally do on the front end in the, the pre-screening. <clears throat> so we do a, we normally do application, written test, agility test, and then they interview for those that are successful, then they go on a list, and as the chief makes conditional job offers, then they get backgrounded and then get put in a class. And again, when you look at trying to do the hiring more often and hire more people, it gets to be very laborious and it, can, it makes it very slow. So like Jeff was saying, we need to be more responsive and to try and be more responsive that's where we're evaluating, well, can we take the agility por test portion and move that into the academy? Because the academy has a, t a PT portion. You uh, help teach people the techniques that are used for certain pieces mm -hmm. parts of it. But then 
you run them through that part of it and they still have to pass the test, but you take it off the front end, which then it's another step on the front end. It's another date that has to be planned. It's another date that has to be set on a calendar, do this step, etc., and it, it slows it down. So right. that, that was right. that's part of why we're looking at that piece of it because we're going, if we can make the written test, either you, you get rid of it like Jeff has done yeah. or you do a virtual option, you, you still have some flexibility, mm -hmm. that makes that, that part, again, you don't need one certain test date that everybody has to come right. there for. And yes. then everybody, you're making it, it quicker, more responsive, and more flexible. And that's then, after dealing with that, then we start looking at the agility test. And now, and we did start looking at the interviews. You make them virtual as an option. You, you start to help yourselves quite yeah. a bit, yeah. too. Also at the... Uh once a conditional job offer has been made, we're trying to streamline all of the activities that you need to do in the background process so that they're all happening on or about the same day. And, and previously, we wouldn't have been concerned about that. Right. So if somebody's coming into town and they need to do a medical exam, they need to do a um, psychological exam, they need to be fingerprinted for a criminal background mm -hmm. check. Yep. Um, if we need to have them fitted for gear, so we take measurements well in advance, yeah. Well in advance. So as soon as we know, yes, this person is starting, we can get that gear ordered because there's such a long lead time <laughs> in getting that. And then we can also find backup gear ahead of time to have that ready to go for them. Um, we're doing all that. So all they have to do is have one visit. While they're here, they're also probably sitting down in an interview with the chief uh, or one of the chief officers if they haven't done that already, if it's been by a smaller committee. Yeah. Um, so as long as you're here, let's talk over some of the you know some of the unwritten rules of the organization um, just make sure that the chief also thinks you're a fit while we're here so we're saying uh, that we anything that we need to have done we need to have scheduled on one day for them because they might be coming from an hour away or they might be taking a flight to get here to make this happen right so what can we all do while while we're there consolidate it and streamline the process yeah make it easier oh, this this generation of workforce you have to make it a little easier, I think. You know, mm -hmm. it's just the way it is. Um, they are coming from all over the place. They're not necessarily just uh, local, pe you know, local mm -hmm. individuals applying. Um, I think I think we're heading in the right direction. It's just challenging. It's step by step. You have a bunch of well, it's, it's bunch of guys that are trying to figure out technology and working through systems and and making sure it's legit because we. Like I say, we don't want to lower standards. No. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to do the best uh, we can, but to make it easier for the candidate maybe, and maybe have more candidates apply. Yeah. And take this time. Take a system that we've been using for decades that worked, and it's not working anymore because yeah. society's changed. And at least for the short term, if yeah. it changes again, then we can look at, I'm all for going back going every right two back, years yeah. if we could do that, but <laughs> I don't see that happening. Today's workforce wants more responsive feedback, information, they expect results, so they're not going to sit and wait two years. So if, yeah. if we keep up with the two-year list, then we're not going to have any applicants, and we're not going to be able to fill spots, and then we're going to be shorthanded on shift. So we have to continue to look at how can we streamline this and make it more responsive to, because flat out, there's just a lot more jobs out there available, so they don't have to wait. Yeah. The applicants don't have to like they used to. Yeah. At least at least in our area, that's the case. You yeah. Know, uh, I'm not sure... I'm guessing all most departments our size are probably having the same problems across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, your larger ones probably don't. They still got large pools because they're from a large metropolitan area of, of millions of people. 
um, but we're, we're you know we're looking for more candidates obviously um, yeah we, we, we've, we have a we currently in, in Fargo we have five in the Academy right now we have we've just give six conditional job offers and we're planning on minimum of six again in the fall so that's an Academy that's running non-stop all year round and that's that's big for us I mean that's that's 10 15 percent of our workforce uh, coming at so that's not mm -hmm. normal I mean obviously <clears throat> there's other organizations out there that have academies of 60 people or whatever they got going on um, we're a little bigger than Jeff so Jeff has one or two going on you know so we we are it's it's a big deal for us to run that many people through right um, I became our interim chief just we'll keep it simple and say it was two years ago I became the interim chief it's pretty close a little bit off um, we were just looking at um, our, our personnel years of service and just realized that just shy of 25% of our current or future employees, the ones that are filling openings that we have right now, will not have worked with the previous fire chief. A quarter of our department wow. didn't work with that chief. And he just left. I mean... Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. And they haven't had contact with him. Um, so they... They're good and bad with that. They don't have the same history that we do of knowing what what the department was like, what our culture was like. But then again, they also have no expectations. So, yeah. I have I have several decades of experience with the department, and I'm very colored by all that. A lot of the experience is good, but I'm also making decisions or thinking about how people are thinking based on two, three fire chiefs ago. Right, right. And there are people that are here that would have no idea I would even have a thought like that. Chief, who? No. How would I know what they even thought? And so I, I was hanging up on that the other day as a senior person that there are, there are ways that my thought process is colored based on my experience that a lot of our department members wouldn't have the same opinion of. It's, it comes back to that idea of having to resell your experience over and over again yeah. or impart that back down the line or also take advantage of those opportunities and things that I might be hung up on as an old guy. Right. Might have a whole bunch of people that could give a rip less about that thing. Aren't worried about it, or it's not even a problem for them. They've, they've never experienced that kind of thing, so maybe I don't have to dwell on the issue for a lot of our folks, because it's not even on their radar. I'm just, yeah, I'm just I mean, it's, you know, the hiring practices and all the things that are changing now, we have to, you have to listen. I mean, I, I, I find myself a lot, I'll look around the room and I could, I could probably add up everybody's years of experience and they still have less time than I do. And you have four or five, six people in the room, and you're like, well, this is not, I better listen to this generation what's coming up because I could tell you how to do it. I, I mean, I could tell you how I think you could, should do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I could uh, pound my fist and, and, and bang the table, but that doesn't do any good because you have five, six, seven people there that have less than two or three years around there. And they're looking for different things, looking for different things than I was looking for at that age, mm -hmm. looking for different things I'm looking for now. Um, so we have to listen. So you make those changes to the hiring practices. Yeah. And, and Best you can, and, and you can, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to try. <laughs> you know, it's not going to hurt anybody by trying. That, that's still one thing I, I think we, as a fire service, are yeah. pretty weak at. We're afraid to try things because what if it fails? Yeah. Because we don't like to fail. I get that. I don't either. I'm just as resistive to change as anybody else. <laughs> but we do need to look at doing things different ways. And, and worst case scenario, like you said, if you try it and it doesn't work. Thing. You can go, always go back to what you were yeah. doing, mm -hmm. but if what you're currently doing is going to take you down a dead-end road, <clears throat> Get off the then road. you need to change it. And worst case scenario, again, you change it, doesn't work, go back to what you were doing, and then come up with another plan. Uh, yeah. But we, we got to start 
trying new things. Well, yeah, you have to. You have you have to open up. You have to listen to what this new generation's looking for. Um, it's different than what we we're looking for when we started. Yeah, and that, that's flat out it. And I get so frustrated when we you you have to do it the way I did it, or you know this is the way we did it. Um, end result is helping the citizens of the community you serve. Mm -hmm. Several ways of getting there, as long as the end result is the same, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's the biggest thing. So be open to what the generation is looking for. Give them some input, some ownership, some buy-in. Yeah, and, and listen to them. We, we, this is, I don't know, in the last year, probably the third time we've talked about hiring practice. It probably is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's so current and relevant because it keeps hitting us harder and harder. Yeah. Every, it, it, I mean, we did this, like you said, I don't know how many months ago, the last year we yeah. did this on, but every few months it's changing. All of a sudden we're doing more classes. We're hiring more people yeah. uh, and it's getting more difficult to do it. <laughs> Well, and I keep picking up on new things that are changing, micro things or things a step at a time. The idea of building your physical agility test into the academy, yep. you know, it's been a very small percentage of people that I've seen over the times when we were running those tests that couldn't actually yeah. do the test. Yeah. And more often than not, like you'd say, it wasn't because they were physically unable to do it, but they were not using the proper technique at a proper point in time of the test which I've always thought, well, then see, they're trying to find the people who are more prepared, understand it better. And if we're trying to weed people out, that's maybe another way. Yeah. But I've hardly ever seen somebody who said, I know they could do it just as well as I could. So, so come on. And that, that's interesting. Yeah. How many people have you known that have ever f been found medically unfit through the, through the medical that's, exam? That's the stuff maybe that's also at. something yeah. that <clears throat> gets rolled into the process. Cause if you say it's, it's taking up more time on the outside before you start, but we hardly ever wash anybody out on a medical. Right. I mean, you right. might on a psych every now and then, <laughs> and maybe on a background every now and yeah. then. Um, but most of them are fairly known up front. But th those are some areas where I, I don't know if, if you can integrate those into the, re you know, the uh, academy process. Well, I kind of laugh really we, have to be done you know, we brought up this possible change in our department and everyone got all, all excited. Well, I've, I've been here 30 years. I've seen four agility tests. You know, so now all of a sudden, we, all we want to do is maybe move it back into Academy, and everyone got all excited. <laughs> Everybody saw it initially <laughs> yeah. as a lowering the standard. Yeah. And I guess I, and I get it, that's, it's, that's the initial reaction. They don't maybe have all the information right away, but I, I see it as just moving the date of when they're tested. We yeah. didn't, we're not talking right. about changing the test. We're just talking about changing the date of when we test them right. because it makes our hiring process a little more responsive. It shortens a little bit on the front end because mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the things we've started doing is a, an informational meeting for applicants. And a big part of that meeting is explaining to them the timeline because if they're not familiar with the fire service, they don't understand that there is, is a, it's not necessarily a month of testing because again, we've streamlined it. So sure. you, you have a couple, you have an application period and a few weeks, a week or two of testing, several days with the written, the right now, the agility and the interview, where if we can take that out, it shortens that part. Uh, but then there's, then they sit and wait for however long, and then they might get a conditional job offer. And even if they do, so if they're successful, the, the backgrounding takes two to three months. Well, then you got two to three months of that. And then if that goes well, you get a final job offer and then you get an academy date. And it's well, you're talking minimum six months. Yeah. Yeah. And in this job market, people are not hanging around for six months. So we're trying yeah. to shorten it and streamline it as best we can without 
lowering the standard. Absolutely. But yeah. every, right away, everybody feels like it's lowering the standard because of the change. So, you know, the only way you can do is educate. Yep. You know, talk about it, have those conversations. Um, you're not lowering the standard, you're just changing the timelines. Pretty well, simple. Well, it's pretty simple, right? <laughs> you like to think. <laughs> but it is, there are things that um, maybe much larger departments would do during that, um, during that recruit school that other departments do on the front end. You get the rookie class started. No, we found out a month and a half in, hey, Joe, Joe you didn't, what's up with this deal on your criminal background record? You said yeah. you didn't have this or that, and here it is. We got to wash you out. Yeah. Well, well, you've been paying for them to go to the academy for yeah. three, four yeah, weeks. Yeah, some things have to be done up front. Some yeah. things have to be done. I mean, you have to do those things. Yeah, so... Hmm. That's part three of our hiring process. Yeah, part three. Look for <laughs> Stay tuned for part four. <laughs> Stay tuned to part four. Yeah. Yeah. It's our default go-to. I guess I'm excited for next month, Jeff. And I don't even know what the topic is, but I'm excited that it might be 50 degrees outside. <laughs> and then we don't have to talk about weather. We don't have to talk about weather. First 20 minutes of the show. Yeah, for three months, we promise yep. we won't talk about weather. Unless, yeah, it we... gets, unless it gets miserable, like 80 degree hot uh, uh, heat out there. So. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I'm not going to make any pledges anymore because I yeah. go to the barber shop about once a month. And uh, more than a month ago, I told the barber we were talking about the snow and all that. Well, at least uh, it's not going to be a problem a month from now. So we got that to look right. forward to. And holy sh crap, we're still here. So I'm not. I'm not even throwing that out anymore. That's good. Winter, winter could go till June here. I don't know. It's hard Jeff. to say. It could. <laughs> could. Huh? So yeah, I guess real quick. Uh, Reevaluate your hiring processes. Look at them. Take a close look. Um, ship any shorts or stuff like that. You can up to the Midwest here. Uh, don't don't overlook the Midwest. It's not as bad always as we yeah, talk about. Yeah, please consider us up here. But but for the the firefighters listening, that this is important stuff. That please give this information. Give your thoughts and ideas on this to your your folks at yeah. your department that do the hiring. Uh, we talked about that. We need to listen. We want to hear your ideas, your thoughts. How do we make this better? How do we uh, catch more people, attract more people to this this great profession that we work in? We want to do as much of that as possible. So please, uh, you're a very important part of this. Yeah, there's another department in Minnesota that was having some of the same hiring problems. Uh, they're a little bit larger than us. They did away with their written test and there was enough backlash from some of the members of the department that they're reinstituting the written test, even though they're having a problem recruiting. And so we all just need to be aware of if job markets are changing, we have to be willing to change along with them. Um, but again, like you say, you don't have to lose your standards in the no. process. Um, you can still be looking for the right types of candidates that you need. Sometimes they come with training up front. Sometimes you're training them. Uh, sometimes you're finding out partway into the process whether everything's going to work instead of taking months ahead of time to do that. So, right. yeah. Good, good. All right. Well, if you're, not, if you're not here, you're probably feeling warmer than we are. And uh, just <laughs> try to stay warm, safe, take care of each other be, uh, until uh, we meet again. We'll catch you in part four of the hiring practices <laughs> in about a month or so. <laughs> be safe. Be Good safe. night. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Tailboard Talk. Don't forget to tune in each week, Monday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. You can also subscribe to all of our shows on iTunes. Just search for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. 
Check out our educational programs and consultation services. They're all available at tailboardconsulting.com. There you can find links to all of our shows and our magazine articles. Thanks for listening and join us again next month for another episode of Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio.